Well, good evening, everyone. And I'd just like to thank the oversight of the assembly for an invitation to come along and to bring a, a word in the gospel this evening. It's good to be back in the lifeboat. And it's good to meet Bertie again. And to know that he's keeping well. I'd just like to read this evening from Second Samuel and chapter 9. Second Samuel and chapter 9. Second Samuel chapter 9, reading from verse 1. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul, that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto him, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. The king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machar, the son of Amiel, and Lodibar. Then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machar, the son of Amiel, from Lodibar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy servant. David said unto him, Fear not. For I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and he said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertain to Saul and to all his house. Now therefore thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him. Thou shalt bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread at my table. Isaiah had fifteen sons and twenty servants. Then says I unto the king, According to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah, and all that dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants unto Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table, <coughs> and was lame on both his feet. We'll end our reading there. Pray the Lord will bless the public reading of Holy Scriptures again this evening. I sometimes wonder if you were to ask Mephibosheth, as we find him in the 13th verse, at the end of the chapter, eating bread at the king's table continually, 
I wonder if you were to ask him and say to him, how did you come to be here? I wonder how he would answer. How did you get here? Well, I want to suggest tonight that he might just say, I'm here by grace alone. I think that would cover it. You see, I want to, this evening, I think this is a lovely story. A little nugget, if you like, in the Old Testament. That's a lovely story of saving grace. And in presenting the gospel this evening, I see a very clear picture of the gospel story, the gospel message I find in this passage. That's the message that's all to do with amazing grace. When I was a lad growing up in our church at home, I would say in the 70s when I was in my early teens, maybe just coming into my early teens, I loved a hymn that we used to sing. It was number eight in our hymn book. <clears throat> and it said, Grace, tis a charming sound, harmonious to the ear. Heaven with the echo shall resound, and all the earth shall hear. And the chorus went, Save by grace alone. This is all my plea. Jesus died for all mankind. Jesus died for me. I think Mephibosheth would have said, all that happened to me is grace alone. You see, in this passage, it begins with David. And he's asking a question. He says, is there yet any that is left? The house of Saul. Saul, who was David's enemy for years, sought to slay him. Indeed, I think it's chapter 3 and 2 Samuel talks about the long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. Then, of course, Saul is slain in the early chapter of the passage when David laments the beauty of Israel is slain in the high places and how are the mighty fallen. When he heard the word concerning David and Jonathan, he says they were lovely in their lives and in their death they were not divided. Swifter than eagles, stronger than lions. David's great lamentation for Jonathan. But Saul has been defeated. And the house of Saul has now been defeated. We reach a time in David's life when he's now the king over the united kingdom, Israel and Judah. And it's against this background that we have this story. David remembers the covenant that he made with Jonathan some 20 odd years previous. And so he asks this question. We're seeing David, you know, at his very best in this chapter. Great sin in his life hasn't took place yet. I think this is just a window and, and when you see a man demonstrating the lovely character of God in his life, You need to see a man at his best to do that. I think we have here an instance of David at his best. And so he asks this question, Is there yet any that's left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness? 
That's the message of the gospel tonight. There's one tonight, boy or girl or younger one, get a hold of this. There's one tonight who wants to show you kindness. In the margin of my Bible, this word kindness that we have in verse 1, we have it again in verse 3. We have it again in verse 7. The margin of my Bible says an alternative translation might be grace. Is there yet any that I might show him grace? I want you to notice this first of all, the origin of grace. Because when Jonathan, when David says this again in verse 3, he doesn't just say that I might show him kindness. He goes on to say that I might show him the kindness of God. Ah, that's it. The origin of grace. It's the grace of God. God is love. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Words are an expression of the mind. Grace is an expression of love. And we learn from this passage the origin of grace. David is reflecting the very character of God. Whenever a believer is demonstrating Christ's likeness in his life, we see them at their best. And David here, we see him at his best. He's reflecting the character of God. He wants to show grace to those that have been his enemies. Regardless, is there any that I might show them kindness, that I might demonstrate the grace of God? So it is with the gospel. Mind you, David, I'm not saying David's full of grace. In the Old Testament we see grace, but we don't meet there anybody who's full of grace. When you come into the New Testament, there's one. Concerning them, they're full of grace. Concerning him. The Word became flesh, John chapter 1. We beheld his glory. Even the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace, full of truth. The word became flesh, dwelt amongst us. We beheld his glory. And of his fullness have we all received and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. We learn in this passage the origin of grace. We learn and we see one who's full of grace. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. One without sin. Salvation is God reaching to man. Salvation and the message of the gospel is God seeking man. And only for Jonathan, Mephibosheth was lost. And only for one who came from heaven and walked the broad acres of this earth there would be no grace tonight. There would be no way back to God tonight. 
The origin of grace is the grace of God. And so David's reaching out. He remembers the covenant. God, our God, is a covenant-keeping God. And David is covenant-keeping here. And he says, is there yet any that's left of the house of Saul that I might show them kindness? That I might show the kindness of God? That I might show the grace of God? Tonight, the gospel story is a message of grace. Verse 1, of course, it's an offer of grace, isn't it? We learn that the origin of grace is in verse 3. It's the grace of God. Verse 1, we read of the offer of grace. It's an invitation. David's inquiry, is there yet any that I might show them kindness? That's the message of the gospel, isn't it? The invitation goes out tonight. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And the invitation went out to Noah. He says, come thou in all thy house into the ark. Isaiah 45, the message is, look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God. There's none else. In Isaiah 55, the message is, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. He that hath no money, come ye buy and eat ye, come buy wine and milk. Without money and without price. And there's an offer tonight. Extended to the whosoever will tonight. It's an offer of grace. It's an offer of mercy. Come unto me, he says, all ye that labor tonight and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The old hymn says, the gospel of thy grace, my stubborn heart has won. For God so loved the world. He gave his only son that whosoever will believe shall everlasting life receive. Notice what David says. Is there yet any? I like that little word, any. Well, when I stand before a congregation like this tonight, and the most of you I don't know, but I can confidently say I have a message from the Lord for any in the meeting this evening. There's one who's willing and able to see all who will come unto God by him. Is there yet any? In John 10, the Savior said, <clears throat> I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, open the door, I will come in. There's a pardon tonight available. To you in the meeting. Pardon from an offended God. Pardon for sins of deepest die. A pardon that's bestowed through Jesus' blood. A pardon that brings the rebel nigh. Who is a pardoning God like thee? Or who has grace so rich and free? And we read a story tonight in this passage of the rebel brain brought nigh. And of a great pardon 
And David, he sounds out the message. He says, is there yet any? The house of Saul. In Luke 14, a man, it says he made a great feast. And he invited them. He invited the guests and they all made excuses. Bought a piece of land. Bought five yoke of oxen. Got married. Can't come. Can't come. But the message was, go into the streets and the lanes of the cities and bring in the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the message comes back to the still room. He says, go out again. Go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. And this offer of grace tonight, this so great salvation tonight, it goes out to you. And it goes out to all. Because the message was, is there yet any? And tonight, I ask you again, do you know anything of this grace? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb tonight? David said, is there yet any? The offer of grace. I want you to look for a moment at the object of grace. This man, Mephibosheth, he was the object of this kindness. He's the object of grace. The one upon whom this grace was bestowed. He's of the house of Saul. He's lame. He's living in a place that's barren. He's homeless. He's he's lodging in another man's house. His disability would indicate he's helpless. What a picture that is of a sinner. You can look at Mephibosheth and say his condition and the way in which he is is the consequence of a fall. It says the nurse dropped him when he was five years of age. You know, in this meeting tonight, we're all here tonight. And where, where we are and what we are in the sight of God is the consequence of the fall of Eden's garden. Adam's fall in the Garden of Eden. All tonight here, we are what we are and where we are is a legacy of Adam's fall. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5 says, Wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death has passed upon all men. For all have sinned. This man, he didn't deserve this grace, you know. And this man, he couldn't, he couldn't buy it either. I would suggest that through his disability, he wasn't able to earn it, and that's how it is with all of us. He's the object of grace. I think you know when the servant is asked about, has Jonathan, is there any others of the house of Saul 
Verse 2, the servant answers and he says, Jonathan has yet a son. He's lame on his feet. It's as though the servant didn't even use the man's name. He just pointed to his need. He just pointed to his disability. He says, Jonathan has yet a son. He's lame on his feet. Is he saying, David, you'll not be interested in him? Is that what he's saying? This king said, send, send for him, fetch him. And when Mephibosheth comes to David, the first word David says to him is he calls him by his name. That reminds me of one who one day looked up into the sycamore tree and says, Zacchaeus, come down. I tell you this evening, we have a Savior, I have a Savior who knows your name. I believe tonight that I have a Savior who's interested in you this evening. No doubt about that. Lovely picture of grace also in the Old Testament comes to mind. Ruth before Boaz. And Ruth asks Boaz a question. She says, why have I found grace in thine eyes? That thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger. I can truly say this this evening. There's one who knows our name. Knows your name today. Because there's one who has taken knowledge of you. I tell you, the one who died on your place at the place called Calvary, who died on that center tree, take a knowledge of you. Take a knowledge of your need. Paying your debt. Making that way back to God. Ah, God loved the world of sinners lost. Ruined by the fall. Salvation full at highest cost, he offers free to all. Here's a man and he's ruined by the fall. You're ruined by the fall tonight. Sinner in the sight of God on the broad road that's taken you to a lost eternity. But there's one who reaches out tonight in grace. Says, is there yet any? I want to say a word on the obtainment of this grace. The obtainment of grace. How did this man become the recipient of this grace? Well, it's very simple, you know. He just believed and he heeded the message. He just came and he just came just as he was. I sometimes try to imagine what it looked like coming into the grandeur of the presence of the king. This man who's lame on both his feet. And he comes just the way he is. And he just falls down before him. And he just says, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? And that's how it is for any one of us. And those of us that are saved. 
We just get to him and we repent of our sin. And we confess our need of him. We confess our sin. That's why the hymn writer put it, Not have I gotten, but what I receive. And Christ hath bestowed it since I have believed. And boastings excluded. And pride I abase, only a sinner saved by grace. Tonight, if you're going to find God's salvation, you're going to have to take the sinner's place and acknowledge your sin in the sight of a holy God. Just come the way you are. Not the labor of my hands can fulfill thy law's demand. Could my zeal no rest by no? Could my tears forever flow? All for sin cannot atone. Thou must save, thou alone. You can't do anything for yourself. Ah, just come like Mephibosheth. Just come the way he was in all his need. Nothing in my hand I believe. Just simply to thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress and helpless look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly. Watch me, Savior, or I die. That was Mephibosheth. Naked come to thee for dress. Helpless look to thee for grace. There's an offer of grace tonight. It's to any. To the whosoever will. It's to those that are enemies to God. Those that have been tramping the broad road for many years tonight. The message of salvation is that there's grace in one who's desirous to save. One who has died in your stead. One who has made salvation possible. And the only reason you're not saved tonight is you have never came. And you have never bowed to me. And you have never confessed your sin. That's the stumbling block, maybe. Never repented of sin. Notice the outpouring of grace. The fellowship falls at David's feet. Says he bowed himself. And David said, Fear not. I will surely show thee kindness. For Jonathan's sake. This salvation that we proclaim tonight. This grace. Is because of. The Lord Jesus Christ. His sake. Paul when he's writing in Ephesians. He says be ye kind one to another. Tender hearted forgiving one another. Even as God for Christ's sake. Hath forgiven you. This grace that we have to offer this evening this message of salvation, this message of saving grace. It's all because of one who gave himself a ransom for all. There's one mediator tonight between God and man. The man Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all. David gave him much, didn't he? I tell you this, Christ has given more. Oh, the Savior gives so much more. 
Paul says, the Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. Oh, David says, I'll give you all that belong to Saul. Ah, but the Savior gave himself. And the way of salvation tonight made possible. None need perish, all may live. Why? For Christ has died. There's one who's died in your stead. See those three crosses standing side by side of broken law assigned. Two for their own transgressions died. Ah, but the middle one for mine. To find God so great salvation, you need to heed the invitation. And come now. God says, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. David gave much, but the Savior has given more. The Lamb of God, for sinners died a victim on the tree. He gave himself a sacrifice. Set the guilty free. Took the guilty sinner's place. Suffered in his stead. For man. Oh, miracle of grace. For man the Savior bled. Tonight I seek no other argument. I want no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died. Rose again for me. Oh, what a picture of grace we have in this passage tonight. And David said, Is there yet any that's left of the house of Saul that I might show him kindness, that I might show him grace for Jonathan's sake, that I might show the grace of God, the kindness of God unto him. This offer of grace tonight. I want to stress three words in that offer tonight, just in closing. You'll notice that he says this. Is there yet any that is left? I think that's very solid the more I think about it. The offer of grace is only to those that are left. There are many that have gone into a lost eternity, and they're beyond grace. They missed their opportunity. The opportunity for this grace is now. Come now. Let us reason together. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. It's to those that are left I could take you to the countryside in which I grew up. And they're all gone. House after house. Grew up in a mixed community. Sometimes I went to funerals that were taking me to, to the church or direct to their graveside or maybe a gospel hall even. And many times I also had to go to North Street to the chapel of St. Peter's. But regardless of who they are, the generation has gone. And we may reminisce on some of the characters in our countryside and you know what we end up then saying? There's none of them left. None left. 
this offer tonight. Is there yet any that's left? Is there any that are left? That I might show in kindness for Jonathan's sake. The gospel of God's grace has won my heart from me. Gospel of God's grace. Tonight, don't miss it. Don't let your opportunity slip you by. It has for many others, you know. Tonight, if you're at that crossroads, maybe maybe halting between two opinions, maybe send yourself, you know, that fellow's right in some of the things he said tonight. Maybe you're almost persuaded tonight. Maybe you're just Still undecided. I tell you, it's only to those that are left. The origin of grace. It's the grace of God. The offer of grace goes out tonight. The object of grace to the guilty sinner and those who will take their place as a guilty sinner and acknowledge their sin, the sight of God. The obtainment of grace is just come as you are. The outpouring of grace. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. The opportunity of grace. So now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation.